Good evening, all you creatures of the night. It's that time of year again. The cool, crisp air nips at your neck, and the leaves begin to change all around you. Fall is finally here, and the glorious month of October has fallen upon us. We have 31 days to watch all of the terrifying, blood-curdling films before we finally reach All Hallows' Eve. But which films to watch? Where do I begin? This is the latest podcast episode of It Records and the return of the annual recommendation show, Halloween Horror. I ate his liver with some fava beans and a nice Chianti. You see, Jason was my son, and today is his birthday. all you creatures of the night and welcome back to the it records podcast it is i matt johnson coming at you again with one of hopefully your favorite uh renditions of halloween horror that's right that means we're in the middle of october somewhere because what these these episodes are me just giving you a movie recommendation daily throughout october as we approach halloween because you might be more receptive to watching horror movies now that we're in october and it's not april or or june or something so that's all we're trying to do. Give you a movie that might pique your interest to watch as we get closer to Halloween. We've never recommended these before on a Halloween horror, and we haven't done a full-length episode on them, so they're all fresh takes. And included with that is this little running theme we have this year, where each movie we suggest is also from a different year in horror history. October 1st, we did a movie from 1989. October 2nd, we did a movie from 1988. So on and so forth, moving backwards in time until we get to... Halloween, where we'll do a movie from 1959. So you'll get the 80s, the 70s, the 60s, and just a brief glimpse into the 50s. But where does that leave us today? We are getting closer to Halloween. We are just under, what, a week, right? Less than a week now until Halloween, but it's October 26th. And we are in the middle of the 60s. We're actually in 1964 today. And the film I have chosen is the 1964 Giallo film directed by Mario Bava, starring Eva Bartok and Cameron Mitchell, Blood and Black Lace. That is correct. I couldn't get out of uh, Halloween Horror without talking about Blood and Black Lace. This is a very prominent Giallo film. We've done many other Giallo films on this podcast. I've already recommended one earlier in Halloween Horror. I did The Bird with the Crystal Plumage and... Uh, the Black Belly of the Tarantula uh, is another one. Actually, I did multiple this year. Um, but I believe when I talked about the bird with the crystal plumage, that is Dario Argento, and he's a very prominent name in the giallo genre. And I said that one was like a huge inspiration for a lot of other uh, giallo films that came from it. But this one is a 
prominent Jalo film. One, because it is generally uh, attributed as being like the first one, like the first film that really is considered a Giallo horror film. And Mario Bava is another huge uh, Italian director, but Giallo film director. Uh, he's done uh, Bay of Blood, which is probably another one that, that people might know. Black Sunday, we did a full-length episode on that on this podcast. Uh, and I'm trying to think, he was he's given a name. It's like The Godfather of Blood or or something to that effect. I'm forgetting. But Mario Bava, the director of this film, uh, is also huge in the Giallo genre. If you don't know uh, the story, if you're not familiar with uh, Blood and Black Lace, uh, if you've watched the trailer, that's that's something that comes up multiple times. Uh, they just repeat the title of the movie. But the story really concerns the brutal murders of a Roman fashion house models, uh, and they're committed by a mass killer in a desperate attempt to obtain a scandal-revealing diary. So you get kind of those yellow tropes again. You get the, the mass killer, uh, black gloves, knife killing, some sort of stabbing instrument. And there's like the, the mystery people being killed off one by one, but the, uh, you know, the murder mystery to it, trying to unravel who it is and people playing detective. So all of that is, is right here in blood and black lace. You will get that with this Mario Bava picture. It's very stylized as well with the, the murders and really just to set pieces. It looks really good. It looks really pretty um, beyond just like the stylized killing. Film critics and historians such as Tim Lucas and Robert Curtin have identified Blood and Black Lace as representing an evolution in both Bava's style and the thriller genre depicted in cinema, you know, uh, Giallo, having used thriller conventions in his earlier films such as The Girl Who Knew Too Much and Telephone. Uh, Bava used this film to combine elements of contemporary West German murder mystery films with the lurid juxtaposition of eroticism and violent present and popular fiction of the time, namely the long-running Giallo Manadoria series of pulp novels. And I mentioned that's why the Giallo film genre is from the Giallo pulp novels uh, and that yellow paper. Um, so it, it really took from those, those novels. And this is considered one of the first ones uh, premiered in March of 1964. And then really Argento's The Bird of the Crystal Plumage kind of ushered in a wave of new Giallo films. And then later was an inspiration to the slasher films of the time. So this one uh, is definitely one to check out really for if you love Giallo like I do. I think um, you'll have to kind of maybe the pacing might be a little different than, than what you're you're expecting with a typical movie. But, you know, for 1964, uh, this is definitely one of the top ones that came out that year. Uh, it's it's Giallo and it's, it's, its impact in the horror genre is kind of helping start that Giallo trend with, again, Dario Argento. The Bird with the Crystal Plumage a couple years later, six years later, really kind of ushering in the rest of the genre. Without Baba's picture here, uh, you wouldn't you wouldn't have that. So you could watch Blood and Black Lace. And if you've already watched The Bird with the Crystal Plumage, you'll get a good insight into the starts of the Giallo genre. But this wasn't the only film that came out in 1964. It was it was a big one, but there is The Long Hair of Death. The Mask of the Red Death, which is a Vincent Price picture. Vincent Price is also in The Last Man on Earth in 1964. You have Castle Blood, uh, 2000 Maniacs, and The Curse of the Mummies is several of the ones that came out in 1964. That wasn't the only thing happening in 1964. There were other things going on in the world at the time, uh, other worldly events that might have affected uh, 
movies or, or people's uh, interpretations of what they were going to watch. Uh, the Vietnam War continues to, I guess it continues because we're going backwards. Um, the Vietnam War, three North Vietnamese torpedo boats attack the U.S. destroyer Maddox in the Gulf of Tonkin, and then U.S. Congress authorizes the war against North Vietnam. So that, in 64, is when uh, U.S. Congress authorized war against the North Vietnamese. So I've been talking about the Vietnam War and potentially protests, uh, Muhammad Ali um, and his protests, but this is the official start of the Americans going to war with the Vietnamese. Vietnamese. Uh, the Warren Commission. The Warren Commission uh, is the report on the assassination of President John F. Kennedy, uh, and it concluded that Lee Harvey Oswald had acted alone. On November 29, 1963, only a week after the assassination of President John F. Kennedy, President Johnson creates the President's Commission on the Assassination of President Kennedy, and Chief Justice Earl Warren is appointed to head the commission in their task with investigating the death of President Kennedy, and they concluded that it was Lee Harvey Oswald alone. Um, so that was in 1964. Also, the Civil Rights Act is signed into law by President Johnson. The Civil Rights Act of 1964 made it illegal to discriminate against someone based on their race, religion, sex, national origin, or the colors of their skin. It also made segregation in public places illegal, enforced the desegregation of schools, and addressed unfair and unequal access to voting and voter registration. And then finally, uh, Martin Luther King Jr. Uh, receives a Nobel Peace Prize on October 14th. Uh, he was awarded the Nobel Peace Prize. The prize was awarded to him for his efforts in leading the nonviolent resistance against racial prejudice and segregation in the United States. So that is what was going on in the world in, in 1964. Right now, Blood and Black Lace is, sits at 80% on, on Rotten Tomatoes. It's got a 76% audience score there. Uh, it looks like, you know, I'm looking at the budget. I think this is in Lira. If I'm if I'm looking at it correctly, uh, it doesn't look like it was all that successful commercially. It looks like it didn't even actually make back its budget at the time. But so it might not have been a commercial success, but it was a huge critical success. You know, ushering in the Giallo films, and they said, you know, changing Bava's style. You know, he'll later become the Godfather of Gore. I, I, I'm I know it's a nickname. I'm I'm butchering. It, I think now maybe that's it, but uh, he has something to that effect and. Black Sunday, I really enjoy that one quite a bit from from Baba's work. Uh, that one's a black and white one. That one's more witch related. That's a good one from from him. But uh, and, uh, I don't torture a duckling. Don't torture a duckling. Correct. Uh, I'm going to check that right now in real time as we're here. We did that one on this podcast, I believe. That is no. Okay, never mind. I can cut this if I need this. Luca Fulci. Luca Fulci. Maybe that's the guy I'm thinking of for the Godfather of Gore Blood. But Nonetheless, uh, if you're looking to watch Blood and Black Lace, it's fairly accessible. Uh, you can stream it on Apple TV uh, if you have it. Actually, it looks like you can rent it there on Apple TV, Amazon, Flix, uh, Alamo. If you have a subscription to Alamo, it looks like right now you, you're able to to stream it there. Uh, Criterion Collections for streaming, uh, Fandor, Tubi, and it's available for rent at those places I mentioned about Apple, Amazon, Flix, and Alamo Drafthouse. It's available to rent and buy. But if you are a Shudder subscriber, it is on Shudder as well. If you're a big horror fan, you're able to watch it on there. So check it out if you'd like. But that will conclude sort of today's today's episode. We are in 64, so we're getting closer to the end of the decade. It will be in 63 tomorrow, and I will be giving you a new suggestion. But until then, I'm Matt Johnson. 
and I remain in the shadows. See, Jason was my son, and today is his birthday.